All right. Well, welcome to this week's uh, roundtable slash Veritas School of Theology class. Uh, we were supposed to um, be doing Veritas School of Theology in person, but um, due to kind of a rise in COVID cases in the area, we decided to not do it in person. And so anyway, we uh, tonight's topic, uh, we're recording on the eve of the election. So is that, that what this is? <laughs> so uh, we'll see by the time you're watching or listening, uh, you know, uh, if any of this is timely, but hopefully you'll be encouraged by the topic. It's the Holy Spirit is our topic uh, for, for our conversation. So I've got uh, Jeff Dodge, usual guest, and he's the professor, teacher for Veritas School of Theology. And so uh, this will be a great conversation. Also, Ed Noble, um, you've been on the roundtable before. So uh, two guys that, um, yeah, two guys that I uh, respect so much. And um, Ed, I was going to zoom you into the, the School of Theology class on this topic because, um, you know, I think both of you guys have had such an interesting interesting stories on this topic of the Holy Spirit because you kind of had a similar education and I think maybe this is a place to start for both of you guys just to kind of talk about your journey um, as it relates to your own personal understanding and ministry of the Holy Spirit in in church ministry so yeah let's let's have uh, Ed why don't, why don't you jump in yeah. Um, hi, everyone. And uh, I'm honored to be here. And uh, shoot, I'll do anything where I can hang out with these guys. Um, uh, every time we get together, it's a blast. And uh, so here's here's uh, a little bit of my journey in the, with respect to this. Um, I uh, became a Christ follower in high school um, from a completely unchurched background. Um, I had never been inside of a church till I was about 16 years old. I mean, literally never been inside of a church. I didn't know anybody that went to church. I didn't, you know, so, so I was at uh, uh, point zero, like ground zero or absolute zero in terms of a starting point. Somewhere um, in my uh, sophomore year at Long Beach State University, um, we call that the Harvard of the West Coast. Um, that's a joke. We don't call it. <laughs> but uh, I felt God calling me into ministry. And so uh, my, the counsel of my leaders at the time was go to, go to a Christian college and then go to seminary. So I went to, I transferred to Biola University. That's a Christian college out here in uh, Los Angeles area. Um, and then I went to seminary at that same, uh, school and got a, a master's of divinity degree. It's the school is real connected with, uh, where Jeff, you went to master's, right, Jeff? Right. So yeah, like basically master's, Talbot, you know, right. You yeah. essentially came out of Talbot and some of the profs were at both places for a while and stuff. Yep. So we, we have a real similar, like, uh, theological tutelage, I guess you'd say. And um, at the time, at the era relating to this topic that we're uh, speaking about, the era that 
that I was in school, um, questions of the Holy Spirit, and specifically what was called at the time um, the charismatic movement. It, it, we're, labels don't really work right now, I don't think. But at, at least at the time, that was an identifiable thing. Um, that that was a you know a, a real point of contention. There were books being written and counter books, and and it felt like uh, everybody wanted to um, have an argument over speaking in tongues and and uh, gifts gifts of the spirit, what what, is, what are called the uh, charismata in the New Testament and pneumatikoi. Those are Greek words uh, in in First Corinthians. So those were all, there are all kinds of discussion about that, and um, I clearly came out where everybody else in my seminary came out. It's funny how all of us, you know, um, taking an objective look at the scripture and uh, really weighing the evidence on both sides, that virtually everybody um, in our school agreed with what we were taught <laughs> so just you know it, uh, that tends to happen so um so yeah uh that that's kind of where and what were you taught well um i mean i'll use terms that if if you guys think these you know that these need to be broken down for you know the class you know feel free and we can pause and do that but um Essentially, we were uh, what you would call the, the the view is called cessationism, and um, it's an idea that something shifted or something ceased um, at the the when the scriptures were completed, and um, and therefore uh, we were no longer you know a lot of the things that you read about in the Bible and in the New Testament, the Book of Acts those weren't normative for the Christian experience today, that something has shifted. Um, what messed me up and, and what kind of undid that for me, um, first, uh, first of all, was I just kept running into guys that were on the other side of that issue and um, kept just seeing like, these are great guys. I'm mostly referring to fellow pastors and, you know, when, like Mark, you know this from when we were in Omaha, you know, guys at some churches that were more Pentecostal in nature, like uh, Trinity, which I think has a different name now. And, you know, we would do things together. And, and what we were trying to do is reach students all over Omaha and say, we'll, we'll deal with this issue somewhere down the line, or we won't deal with it at all. And, uh, and also, um, as, as I would be be in meetings with and things we would do together. Um, probably one of the areas where I felt a lack was in the area of worship. I would see how these guys worshiped and it, and it uh, struck something inside me longed for, for that. I knew there was something off um, with where I was at, where we were at, where our ministries were at, even though we were, we had great ministries and whatnot. Uh, and so that began kind of a, uh, you know, my carefully constructed cessationist world, you know, that, that started taking a few bricks out of the foundation, making the house a, a little more wobbly. Um, and, uh, you know, not without getting 
too detailed here. Um, there were a couple of uh, uh, other key moments and key things I read that just forced me back to the Bible and forced me to re-ask the questions that I'd asked when I was in seminary. And I, I, came, to the I came to the conclusion that I really had missed out on some things. And um, to be really authentically and thoroughly biblical, I had to rethink this pretty, pretty dramatically. At least for me, it seems dramatic, pretty dramatically. And so I began to just kind of open myself up and say, okay, God, I, I, think, I think all this stuff that I thought was off the table is on the table. And um, it kind of, it had a, a pretty dramatic effect on my, my experience with God and, and, and kind of in ways that I didn't anticipate, ways that were more fundamental than just my views in the area of what you could call pneumatology, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of, that's, that's, that's the, the overarching narrative there. And uh, I mean, I could fill it in as much as. How, as how would you describe where you're at right now? I would say I am a, I want it all kind of Christ follower. Like one of, in fact, I just did a uh, class. Is that a, a technical? Is that a technical term? Yes. In the, in, uh, it comes from a Greek <laughs> phrase. Uh, I love it. Yeah. No, it, we, we actually uh, had a, a welcome to journey class yesterday. And, and in that I go over our DNA and we've, uh, it, our DNA hasn't changed, but we rewrite it all the time and reword it. So, and our last point is the, uh, you know, instead of a pithy statement, the best we could come up with is we want everything God has to offer. So my, my question for our church has always been, well, why can't we have all this stuff? Why, why can't we grab the insights of the seeker thing and the insights of the spiritual formation people? And, the ins and why can't we be a church where, where we're inviting the Holy Spirit to move freely and powerfully um, in our midst? And is it possible to to not have to pick and go, we're one of those. Churches. Well, and don't, and don't leave out the tenacity to hold on to the Bible of the fundamentalists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like to, to truly grab the best of yeah. contributions that every one of those movements or sects or whatever make. Yeah. To say, There's absolutely. something of value there that they've caught on to that maybe got exaggerated, but how can we preserve the best of, you know? Yeah. And, and because I think all if if something is of God, then I want a piece of it. Mm -hmm. And every and I'll, and instead of looking at things that are really clearly of God, but flawed, which is everything, right? Every human experience. Instead of sitting on the sidelines with my arms crossed like this, being a critic, I, I think what's changed in me is I'm going in, going. All right, I'll take me some of that, and I'll take me some of that, and I'd like a lot of that. And so, you know, a lot of things that, even things that you might go, well, there's, there's some, yes, they're saying some good things, but on balance, I'm not sure this is that helpful. I still think if something's of God, my posture is, yeah, I, 
I I'm going to go after that. And how do you, and how do you, well, talk to, talk a little bit about one of the things you, you know, we often uh, look at extremes of something and yes. say, see, that's right. so clearly ridiculous. And how to, I remember the, you know, back in the nineties, the Toronto revival and some of the crazy people were making animal sounds and doing crazy stuff. And the kind of like Jonathan Edwards, the animal sounds, the barking, the, you know, so yes, they were. And so that's, it's a perfect example. So you, you had a conversation with one of the pastors um, and, and he had talked about, I wonder if you could talk about that conversation. Oh, just yeah. about The issue is the shepherding of it. Like everything Absolutely. needs to be shepherded. So, so talk about the kind of as pastors, not just, okay, just it's a free for all. Obviously right. first Corinthians, there's God is not a God of disorder, but yeah, just that yeah. The shepherding of the work of God. Yeah, when I was kind of uh, in, in the at the crux of this journey, um, I uh, I decided to have some conversations with some people that were, you know, in a different place, and just like I uh, found the the I was at an evangelical free church in Fresno at the time, and so I found the pastor of a vineyard, the Fresno Vineyard. That's Fresno is a city in central California. And I said, hey, can I talk to you? Can I just tell you where I'm at? And I found out this guy had a PhD in systematic theology from, uh, uh, which is the Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville. Uh, is that Southern? Southern. Yeah, it's yeah. called Southern, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that. I think Moeller was there for a while. Uh, but um, so, so <laughs> I'm like, I kind of didn't expect that from the local vineyard pastor, right? And um so I started building my case against um, the whole more Holy Spirit, say the, let's just call it, say, vineyard, you know, all that stuff. And I cited Toronto and all the weird stuff in Toronto. And of course, this guy said, well, I was, I actually went there and I stayed there for a couple of weeks because I wanted to see what was going on, which to my embarrassment, like, why did that not occur to me? Like, why didn't I just get on a plane and go see for myself? It's not that big a deal, right? But another, that's for another day. But, um, and he said something that was like, like a light bulb moment. He said, Toronto's of God. He goes, I'm convinced of that. But he says, but even something, a movement of the Holy Spirit still needs to be shepherded. And just because something is, of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that it doesn't need shepherding and leading um, in order to be what it's supposed to be. Which, if you think about that as a paradigmatic statement, it makes perfect sense out of 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. I mean, that's ex isn't that essentially what Paul is saying is, hey, I don't want you to shut this down. I want you to shepherd this. I want, you know, like, look, it's the Holy Spirit. But, hey, I want you to be seeker sensitive. What if an unbeliever comes in? Let's not be rolling on the floor and um, speaking language he doesn't understand. And, and I think, too, like, there's movements of the Holy Spirit that we would all, like, say, oh, that was God. Historically, like the Great Awakening and Jonathan Edwards, 
And there were all the same excesses, but you saw a, a guy like Jonathan Edwards with the, with the intellectual and leadership abilities to shepherd this thing. So, um, you know, that used to be like kind of a trump card I would throw to say, well, this can't be of God because here's this negative thing and here's this negative deal and here's this. And, and look at the guy who's leading this had an affair and uh, embezzled some money and, you know, and, uh, and yet we see the Holy Spirit come upon Saul when he's still in the midst of chasing around God's anointed. And he starts prophesying and stripping and strips himself naked on the side of a hill. And then, you know, then there's that wise guy statement that the Jews start saying, Oh, Saul among the prophets, which I just love that sarcasm and smart aleckness is enshrined in the canon. Okay, what are the chances that I just read that passage today? <laughs> Knowing how us three tend to roll, I'd say 100%. I literally just read that passage. I love that passage so much. <laughs> I'm just picturing this naked guy all by himself on a hillside at four in the morning uttering <laughs> Prophetic what an enigma that is such an enigmatic little passage you're just like what, what, what? you just like turn the page you're like the yeah. abruptness of it and of course you could find a smart aleck comment in there to appreciate it yeah, yeah. It's all among the prophets you know you know so all right jeff yeah, I, go ahead jeff jeff give your rebuttal no yeah <laughs> Well, no, I mean, to, to Ed's point, I mean, I would have to say, you know, came out of, I would say, more of a cessationist background than than Ed did. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was pretty steeped and, and pretty convinced, I guess, that uh, modern day expressions of the Holy Spirit's gifts, or especially the more ex expressions of prophecy, tongues, healing were for a previous century and not ours. For me, the interesting thing is uh, immediately upon leaving California and, and uh, coming back to the Midwest, um, kind of hit the buzzsaw of a local church. It was just getting the daylights beat out of me. This is many years ago. And um, one weekend got a chance to get away and just go see some family in Chicago. And we ended up at this vineyard church and this guy, so I'm fresh out of seminary and, you know, I've got all my I's dotted and T's crossed, you know, and this, I'm standing there just, I'm just worn. I'm just completely drained of life. I'm thinking I'm a failure. I'm ready to cash out of everything. And this guy, I'm standing there waiting for church to start. And I think my, my wife and in-laws were getting something to drink or something. This stranger comes up and he goes, Hey man, how you doing? I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm fine. This casual no conversation anyway we go to sit down then and i go man the nicest guy came up and met me and pretty soon the dude that comes up to teach the bible is that guy and i'm like mm -hmm. hey that's that's the guy that came up to you and then as soon as the service was over he like made a beeline for me ne had never met me knew nothing mm -hmm. i gave him no story made a beeline for me and said man i can't get over the fact that i feel like god is telling me to pray over you would you mind just coming backstage and let me. So then we were also, Wayne Grudem was actually in, in this mix of people. Wayne Grudem comes over. They're laying their hands on me and praying over me. And the moment that I'm having of release of like mm. simultaneous, a release 
of pain and a bathing in confidence and peace and security in Christ through this prayer time was stunning. And I am telling you, it could not have been more random. I could not have planned that. It's not like I was wearing a badge, you know, with my seminary thing. Like mm. I was the most nondescript person. This was a Holy Spirit led moment that this guy was sensitive to. And mm. so anyway, I'm just saying some moments like that, that you just, I feel like Jesus was very uh, carefully, tenderly, and slowly drawing me into a new level of proximity to him, not slapping me around and correcting me, drawing me with just cords of loving kindness. You know what I mean? So I kind of get emotionally now thinking about it, the, the cords of loving kindness that he, mm. that he brought me to. So anyway, wow. yeah. it's when you said crazy. vineyard and stuff, I just was like, mm. how our paths were parallel in those moments is kind of crazy. Yeah. Is that Evans? Was that in Evanston? Yeah, it was at Evanston. Yeah. So it's it's been cool to watch both of you guys. I've had a front row seat to watching you guys. And, and both, the thing that I would say about both of you that I, you're probably not at the same place, right? But but what I think is cool is I always sense the unity and the, the graciousness and the kind of let your, let your graciousness be evident to all. I, I see that in your, you guys. Um, what would you say is something that you would want to correct about people's view of the Holy Spirit or understanding of the Holy Spirit? You know, like, yeah, or, or, or what, what do people need to know? We're talking about the Holy Spirit. What, what do you want people to know mm. when it comes to understanding the mm. Holy Spirit? Mm. Should I go first? Yeah, you're up, man. Um, I think like anything else, um, and for you guys who are in the class, there's like, there's a foundation of, you know, like some critical passages that I'm going to assume that we're going to cover in the class. The area of study, I, I use that word pneumatology. I mean, it's, it's, it's like one of the standard things that we who teach the Bible need to be conversant with. But I think the thing that, as I was praying about, you know, uh, what we would say tonight, I, I felt like the first thing the Lord brought into my mind was that, that this whole thing we're doing is primarily um, to be experienced. Um, uh, this isn't, you know, our relationship with God isn't primarily about words. It's about experiencing the power of God. And as you guys know, I just essentially quoted first Corinthians four twenty. right? The, the kingdom of God is not consistent of words, but power, you know? And so, um, the point of the of a discussion of the Holy Spirit is not to understand the Holy Spirit. It's to experience God's presence in your life. Um, God's presence is everything. Um, God's presence is the point. Like it's it's the reason that there's like it's 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 
it's how we evaluate everything, right? How was the church service yesterday? It's, there's only one real question. Like, was the presence there? Did we sense that did God clearly and powerfully show up? And if not, well, there's all kinds of, it doesn't matter how anything else that we did well, right? So I, I think that's, if, if I could only say one thing, if I could only, if there's only one thing I could, you know, it would be, um, and, and, and I'll saying that one thing, uh, I think for me, I, I think I've just, I've had, I think I've said this exact same thing to you guys in different conversations. I, part of, part of what I came to, how I came to see my life and to see how church and to see how I was going to lead our church and how I was going to discuss this is there's this, say there's this one circle here that represents what you would conclude life with God is based on the New Testament. If you just found a New Testament and started reading it, you, and let's say the book of Acts is the most obvious example, you would expect to experience God speaking. You would expect to experience works of power. You would expect, you know, you would expect the church to pray hard and to, to have long seasons of prayer in which God would interrupt in some way, shape, or form. We would have those moments where while we were ministering to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, separate from me, Paul and Barnabas. I mean, we would have, that's, that would be the record of our life. And so, um, and we would know there would be an echo in our head of things that Jesus said, like, you know, the works that I do, greater works than these will you do um, because I go to the Father. I mean, challenging statements like that. So this circle represents the experience that we see in the New Testament. And if I'm honest, this circle represents my experience. And sometimes those circles aren't exact. They, they overlap, but there's too much of this I haven't yet experienced. And so I think that as we think about this, our only two options are either to kind of construct a system of belief that says, oh, that's okay if I don't experience that. Or the other is to say, I'm just going to, I'm going to go for that. And I'm going to try to not leave anything on the table, anything that God has. I want that. And even if it results in some unanswered questions and some longing and some tension where I can't really figure out how all this works, I just got to experience that. And so my, my one thing I would say is, you know, like what I want people to understand about the Spirit of God is God, God longs for us to experience Him um, and to inter, I mean, to have this highly interactive journey with Him. And so um, we got to be careful. People like me have to be careful that I'm not way more talk than I am experience. So, so can, I, can I ask you, can I, uh, ask a, a little bit of a clarifying question. So you, you mentioned um, a little bit of maybe the false dichotomy police were coming out when you said this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. It's not as important to understand the Holy Spirit as to experience him mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, I, it almost sounds like 
you know, you, you don't really need to understand your wife. You just need to experience her. or understand a person. You just need to experience them. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like those two things are really, I, I know what you, I know what you're saying. I, I, I just wanted to clarify yeah. because understanding the Holy spirit and knowing him is, is, is paramount to being yeah. able to experience him Absolutely. in his fullness. So and, how do the, and experiencing him is paramount to understanding him. See, I, I don't think God, I don't think it's healthy. And I don't think it's what God is offering to say, um, to, to separate those two. Yeah. Speaking of the false dichotomy, please. Um, I think those two are, you know, like, uh, Hebrews 5.16, you know, solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil, right? The Greek word in there is the word we get the word praxis from. And I think that's, I, I think that's kind of the idea of, of how this works. And, and, and I mean, it's what you see with Jesus and how he trained guys, right? There was this back and forth between you know, hey, we're going to experience this, and now I'm going to speak to you about this, and I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to build your theoretical framework in your mind. Uh, okay, but we're not going to do that apart from you giving this a try and and running into trouble and not being able to cast the demon out of that boy in Mark nine. And so now I've got to talk to you about prayer and fasting. You know, it's like I I think. And plus, you asked for one thing, not two. So anyways, uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. But I just, I'm careful to make sure, at least the way I understand it, that we don't separate those two things. You know, that, that understanding, uh, you know, statements of fact, propositional truths about the Holy Spirit, that that doesn't go live somewhere and then, after we get all of those done, then we'll maybe think about experiencing them. You know, so I think it's kind of a back and forth symbiotic kind of synergistic relationship. Right. I mean, I think, don't, don't you think uh, to the, the counterpoint or whatever would be that, so I think, Ed, you're perhaps more, the alarm bells would go off at those that would be kind of, um, so focused on just propositional truth that they are missing out on the true life of Christ, the life of walking in the spirit. And I'm saying we're, we're so in flux all the time as humans and as churches, evangelicalism or whatever, that the same is true on the other side, right? That, that we can want so much the existential experience of God without, because even like when you were quoting Hebrews five, I mean, Hebrews four and five, the theme of those two chapters is be diligent to know the scriptures, right? What, what you're, what they're practicing actually in Hebrews five is the Bible. Like you've got to put this stuff into practice so that you can have your senses trained to discern good from evil. So I'm just saying like, we, we don't want to make that false dichotomy. We, we don't want people who are so just into the propositional truths about the Holy spirit that they never experienced it but also those that are just kind of unmoored and untethered from just what the Bible teaches us about the Godhead and the Holy Spirit. 
we're just after the experience of knowing him in, in an esoteric way. Bo- both of those would lead us to some pretty dangerous, not even theoretically, we've seen that right in our right. lives right. Of, of leading us down. Real quick, I, I did want to say one of the articles that the students had to read mm. is uh, it just models actually something Mark had just said. So Tom Schreiner is actually a scholar at that seminary you're talking about, Southern. So he writes basically this position of called nuanced cessationism, and he makes his point. But then he invites um, Andrew, uh, I was going to say Andrew Walker, but Andrew Wilson to write the counterpoint, and they're friends, you know, and so Andrew Wilson is a British uh, charismatic. Yeah. So it is the most gracious beautiful expression of two brothers who think differently about a matter going after it and to where at the end and it's not flattery you can tell they really mean it they're really interacting with each other's content and you know at the very end here's here's what andrew wilson says he says nevertheless it's exemplary both in its representation of the opposing view and in the clarity with which he is he expresses it and he says man with enemies like this who needs friends yeah, <laughs> he's like, if I could, if all my enemies were like this, I wouldn't need a friend in the world. Yeah. I like this guy. Oh, anyway, I just love that that you know, both of us can point to the, like the outer extremes of ditches that are just super dangerous, and we would call out people in both of those ditches. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing is to live in between those ditches. Maybe we lean toward one or the other but kind of tugging at each other the whole time and pulling each other toward what we believe to be central truth, right? So So I wonder if I could hit on some, just with that kind of idea of understanding and experience, um, if I could just hit on some rapid fire questions to you guys and, and you guys answer it more on the understanding part and then get into some questions on practically what this looks like in church ministry, in your personal life, how to experience the Holy Spirit. So, so first, let me just hit on just some uh, understanding. What do these terms mean? To be filled with the Spirit, and dwelt with the Spirit, um, baptized with the Spirit. Could could you explain the kind of some of those those words and and what those explain those concepts? I can start it and then toss it over to you. I I just start with being filled with the Spirit. I mean he. The apostle compares it even to being like controlled, intoxicated by something negative like liquor. Instead, no, don't don't be intoxicated by something else that controls your mind or or you know uh, gives you license. No, be filled with, be controlled by, be intoxicated kind of by the spirit, so that that's that's the number one influence in, in your head. So being filled with the spirit is this idea of. Uh, having the control of the Holy Spirit over the mind. So that'd be yeah. one of those tra- phrases. Yeah, I, I've, uh, you know, when uh, when we were um, in seminary and then beyond, uh, you know, all of those have definitions that we think we derive from the New Testament. The reality is um, none of those have, There's not a lot of, put it this way, there's, those terms are used much more 
freely and less precisely than those of us that enjoy theology would wish. Yeah, they're not technical terms, because even that, like he compares it to drunkenness. You know, he compares it to, like to the anti-type. So okay, that's not exactly a technical term. So do you agree with this? Because I, I think this this has been helpful for me. Ephesians 1.13, having, having uh, believed you are marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. That's the idea of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You receive upon believing that you're sealed, you can't lose him. And then in Ephesians 5, you know, this idea of, of don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. This idea of like, be being kept filled with the Holy Spirit, this, um, this, this thing. So, so the idea of, you know, an operating system on my phone, you know, if my, if my battery dies, um, my operating system is all still here. So that's like the indwelling of the operating system but the the filling of the spirit is this being plugged in and it's into its power source you know it's the it's the batteries charging right it's that constant so that kind of the the difference the indwelling of the spirit you can never lose the holy spirit if you're a christian but it is possible to not be filled with the spirit and to grieve the spirit mm -hmm. um do you agree? I mean, is that like, I guess, do you agree with that, Ed? Yes. Set, setting aside the questions of, you know, the ability to lose, you know, whatever. Um, and, and I'm with you on that, but it's, it's certainly, there's certainly been lots of discussion on that through, through the ages and still today. But, um, I think that, you know, like Ephesians 1, you know, being sealed with the, you know, having been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And then you see in Ephesians 5, you know, or Ephesians 4 about commands not to grieve the Spirit. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about not quenching the Holy Spirit. Um, some people, and I think it's, it's helpful, have talked about, um, uh, as you look at, say, in Acts, that you see um, a filling of the spirit that is continual, um, a walking in the spirit, as we're, you know, as is talked about, um, a continual experience of, in general, my life direction is surrendered to the Lordship of Christ, surrendered to the Holy Spirit, and empowered by God, and I'm living in a continual way you know, with that filling of the spirit, I just, my caution would be that doesn't exhaust what the Bible is talking about when it talks about being filled with the spirit, because it sometimes means a episodic, occasional, uh, experiential thing where a, you are empowered for a moment. Um, you are, filled with an emotion or a sense or an insight from God. Um, I, the one that's popping into my head is in Acts 16, where that demon-possessed girl is following Paul around, and his irritation grows to where he finally turns and casts the demon out of this girl. Um, there's uh, you know, other times where it says, and Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said... Now, does that mean Peter wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit when he walked into that situation? 
I don't think we would say that, but there's, and some people have used the phrase um, within and upon, which of course, anytime you do stuff like that, you'll go and find a, an occasion where the other terminology is used. So I, I, I don't think too fine a point can be drawn, but to me, it's rather obvious in the scriptures, both even in the old Testament too, that there is a ministry of the Holy spirit that somehow fits under the rubric of filled with the Holy spirit where God comes upon somebody for a specific word to give or a deed to be done or a insight to be had or a, uh, a battle to be fought. And that too can be, you know, a part of what it means to be filled with the spirit. And I think that, you know, in general, people that um, tend to be in the cessationist world emphasize the plug in the phone idea, which, and those that are more in the charismatic world. Thanks for that affirmation. The, uh, you know, the sudden. Some people. Some people. Some people. Some people two of which are on the Zoom call. No, I'm <laughs> But you know, it's uh, <laughs> there it is. Oh, uh, I love it, Jeff. We'll we'll let you undo any any, any mess that Ed's creating. Yeah, right. We'll yeah. let you clean that up no, later. For sure. That's the thing. I mean, that I. So maybe if I could defend some of the more leaky cessationists out there, you know, the the more generous cessationists out there. Um, I don't know of one that would forbid God doing anything he wants to do in a sporadic, timely moment that, you know what I'm saying? Like, can God color outside the lines and suddenly heal or give a word of prophetic utterance or whatever? He can, it's... And I'm talking about the leaky, you know, more generous cessationists. Uh, more what they would say is that our expectation should not be that that's the normative way for God to work among his people, nor has it been from the scriptures all the way till now. It's not saying something different now, that there's more continuity in that. Um, so they wouldn't want want to, the Christian to imagine that to be a cessationist means this bone, hard, literal uneventful, unsupernatural existence. I think that's uh, an yeah. over-characterization of Yeah, that. and I hope I didn't. No, no, I just, I'm just trying to give though that that's, but, but to be fair though, Ed, there are those, right? There are those cessationists that, that put a, a tight lid on anything that might sniff of the supernatural right, right. outside and of the just proclamation of Bible, you know? Right, and so, then, then your church becomes a uh, an authority in the church becomes about who knows the most Greek and Hebrew. And, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the, if I can just come in on something you just said, Jeff, that is so, I think, I think it really gets to um, perhaps the, like, like if we're walking together, you know, on a, you know, holding a rope together and leaning and pulling each other. I think that you hit on the difference. And that's that, that what I'm advocating is, is 
let's go get that stuff. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I, I know, I know you and I, we've done ministry together and <laughs> I mean, rich, rich conversation. And I, um, I know you're filled with the Holy spirit and I know you're, you're, you're all, everybody at your church for sure is that God bring, bring it, do, do your thing. God, we we're we're going to follow you to the ends of the earth. What I'm saying is that that experience you had in Evanston, I'm saying, let's, let's look for those. Let's, right. right. So it's kind of like, where do you lean? Do you, yeah. Do you lean like, well, that's not normal, but sure, right. God can do that. Yes, yes, yes. that's a, that's a great way to say it. If there's yeah. a spectrum, yep. from this, this isn't this is the devil. Whenever ever anybody says, I think God is saying, to the, yeah. you know, yeah. it's it's the for the yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what I'm saying is, uh, I'm trying to pull people. To away the Christians away from well I'm open whatever God wants sure I'm saying well look we kind of know what God wants um, if we read the Bible we know that He wants to interact in His church He wants to speak He wants to this is why every time I'm with you Ed I feel like I've got rope burns as you're dragging me down <laughs> hey oh, man. Good. I'm, I'm Good. with Ed, I'm with Ed on this stuff. one I'm with Ed on this one I'm saying let's go get this yeah. Right. Oh, oh, Jeff, are you are you coming or not? <laughs> I'm the, I'm the guy being like, be careful. I'm still on the boat, but I'm going, whoa, 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 look out, look out, <laughs> as you guys are careening toward the. <laughs> <laughs> We're going ninety around up here. Yeah. So I'm in the boat, man, but I'm I'm the one yelling warnings from the back. <laughs> well, I I think it's I I think you know Jesus said, seek and you shall find. I think there's a general principle in life and in the scripture. And that's, if you look, if you seek something, you tend to get more of it. And um, in churches that tend to believe that God really answers prayer and they pray more, they tend to rack up answers to prayer. They just do. And, And churches that believe that God, that healing is normal and normative, they tend to see more people healed. And um, in churches where they believe that God speaks, that the Holy Spirit speaks and might give a word, they tend to get more words. So I'm, I'm the guy saying, because I think where, my, uh, where Talbot ended up on a lot of this stuff over the years is, uh, doc, do you remember uh, Dr. Sosi? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A great, great guy. He, his, he's wrote an article once saying his position could be described as uh, open, but cautious. Yeah. And I, I respect that. And it's right. better than closed and reckless, I guess. But I'm saying you're not going to experience that much if you're open, but cautious. I'm, I'm, I'm advocating, look, this is a, we've got to, if we see something in the scripture, then let's go, let's experience it. Let's try to, experience that and then just know that every now and then we're going to experience something that we go wow and never read about that but i think that was god i i i don't know what that was but i think it was god so, so give us a practical how do you personally 
you're saying let's go after it. What does that look like in your personal life? Yeah. So um, this weekend, uh, I'm uh, I'm doing. I, I did refer to that welcome to journey class we had. There's probably 20 people in there, and we're a couple more that we're zooming in. Um, they. Uh, it was, uh, I was done with the class. I was closing in prayer and, um, I, and I was just kind of thanking them for taking an hour and a half after church to have lunch with us and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I sensed that God was saying while I was praying, Hey, you need to stop. There's somebody that needs to be prayed for that's sick. They're, they're, they've got an affliction in their body and you need to, that we need to pray for that right now. And, um, and I, you know, try, so of course the story that I'm telling is one where I actually listened, but um, <laughs> I just sensed at that moment, like we, we need to stop and pray. And so I said, I know we're all kind of praying here and I'm, you're about to get dismissed, but since someone's looking around, does somebody here need to be healed? Does somebody somebody in pain right now and you'd like us to pray for you and two people raised their hands and we prayed for them i don't know if they receive if they were healed in that moment but um you know that that's that's a micro example of of what i'm what i think i'm advocating which is um let's let's expect that and when we pray um Let's expect God to, to, to move and for something to happen. And uh, um, let, let's actually, you know, there's the term, you know, practical atheists. Well, I think some of us, mm. sometimes we do church in a way that we know somewhere in our, all three of us, somewhere in our heads, we would welcome Pentecost. You know what I mean? We'd welcome God's interruption and God's movement and, and man, if revival were to come, we'd, we wouldn't want to be the guys going, you know, um, you know, master, tell your disciples not to say this, you know, uh, you know, we wouldn't want to be those guys. We're not those guys, but, uh, but I think, I think that if I read in Acts 13, that when the church gathered to pray and fast, that the spirit directed them and spoke to them and, said people's names maybe when we gather to pray and fast we should expect god to do stuff like that and 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 maybe actively say lord is there something you want to say right now is there some leading is there a prompting is there is there a word is there a picture you want to bring to my mind is there a vision and and not i i guess that's yeah i'll and i'll so I have a ton more questions and a lot of things I want to get to. Unfortunately, um, we're kind of out of time for the sake of. Uh, no, we could just hit. We could stop the recording for the sake of He's, publication and just keep going because I'm I'm still interested. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I and I I would love to um, continue the conversation. Maybe at some point we'll get to do another round table and, and class. Um, but I wonder if we could just end, uh, Ed, if you could just pray over mm -hmm. us and then, um, mm -hmm. yeah, just to, 
to close our time. And, and like I said, I, I think the last thing we want to do is talk about the Holy spirit, like he's not in the room. Right. Um, and, and I know that, that God is here. And I know that a lot of people, by the time they hear this, um, there may be a new president mm-hmm. and there, there may be a lot of, uh, there's just a lot right now on people's minds. There's a lot of hostility, a lot of division, mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, yeah, there's just turmoil in the church, mm-hmm. in our nation, in our world. So we need the Holy Spirit um, to, to speak to us, breathe into us. So, man, what, what, a, what an appropriate time to just stop and, and pray. And yeah. so, Ed, I'm going to let you end yeah. our time. And then, and then, Jeff, do you have any final word when he's done praying? Let you finish. Well, thanks for having me. And, uh, man, I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. So uh, how about if I just pray a couple of scriptures over us right? mm. and for the people in the class? Um, so, uh, Lord Jesus, you promised us that we could be uh, born from above. Uh, anothen is the Greek word. Born from, that we could have uh, heaven birth. That heaven could actually be born inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And you said, the wind blows wherever it wills. You don't know where it comes from or where it goes. And so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And so I thank you. Jesus, that you have caused us to be born again, to be born from above, to be born of the Spirit. And we now, even if we, even if we haven't fully experienced it, I mean, we certainly haven't fully experienced it, but we are born in the realm of the Spirit. God, you live, Holy Spirit, you live inside of all of us who have trusted Jesus. And so, um, I pray, God, that we could rejoice always, that we could pray without ceasing, that in everything we would give thanks, for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus, and that we would not quench the Spirit and not despise prophetic utterance, but examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. So, Lord, um, grace upon everyone who's in this class. Um, I pray even right now as they're um, in class that the Spirit of God would fall on them, um, that they would feel drawn to you, that, that they would fall more deeply in love with Jesus because the Spirit of God has testified about Christ once again in their heart. Um, I pray that your Spirit, would bear witness with our spirit right now that we are indeed children of God. And so God, um, we love you. We give ourselves to you uh, in each other's presence right now for the sake of Jesus and the furtherance of the kingdom of God. We pray. Amen. Amen. Mm, Wow. Ed, thanks for sharing time with us, man. I, as I've told you, I don't know how many times you continue to be that brother that just God just drops into my path at precisely the right moment with just the right words. And uh, I love those rope burns I get when you're dragging ah. me around, man. <laughs> those are those are sweet burns I get, man. And I no, I, I, I seriously am 
deeply grateful that you have continued to say yes to God and then immediately turn around and bless all the rest of us that are in your proximity, man. So God bless you guys. I'm honored. Cool. All right. Thanks everybody. Uh, Round table, VST, all the above. It's been a blast. All right. See you next time.